Junkies podcast, brought to you by BingeJunkies.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Binge Junkies. I am one of your hosts, Heaven, and I am joined with Kelsey. Hi. And we are very excited to bring with you for a second time, Sona Lee. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's like one of our favorite people. And so one of our guests we actually got to meet in person, which was fun. Yes! And have dinner and chat, and you'll never know what we talked about. <laughs> no. <laughs> that is PG-40, I think. <laughs> so true. you have a new movie, Variant, yes. out. Yes. Uh, it is creepy as shit. It's really <laughs> fun. It's very like uh, Black Mirror, I would say, in that you feel like this is fucking creepy and also could be true. <laughs> so can you tell, tell us about getting involved with Variant? Um, specifically, like, you mean the process or? Yeah, like, like how did you find out about the project? You know, oh, what got you excited um, about it? Um, okay, well, it's, you know, obviously I'm an actor, and that came from, <laughs> no, wait, because I, I, no, <laughs> among many other things, I didn't obviously. mean that basic, <laughs> no, 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 but what I'm, but because I'm now a lot of, some people get work on their own, this came from my manager's office, it was an indie film, and uh, they submitted for it, and I got called in, and I only read, they're very specific. They almost didn't give it to me because there is partial nudity and I don't do nudity at all, ever. I've turned down HBO shows. I've turned down major feature films. Um, I've said no to even audition because I didn't want to book something and then they expect me to either do simulated sex or walk around completely naked. And a lot of times it was gratuitous. So I always said no. So when they send me this, they're like, listen, you may want to pass, but we just wanted to give you the material because it's sci-fi <clears throat> and it's thriller. And we know that you love those things. So just read it. And if you don't want to go, don't go. So I was already on edge. But to be really honest with you, when I read the, they didn't send me the script. They sent me the scenes that I was in and that led to, a certain scene where there is partial nudity and because of the way it was written I said go ahead and confirm me because it was eloquent it was well written the description of it and in my head I was like well I've been in the industry for um, for 13 years I'm over 30 so if my mother is going to disown me at least I've had 30 something years with my mother <laughs> In case she doesn't want to not talk to me anymore. Um, because I'm highly against it. I am not into gratuitous nudity. If it doesn't go with the story, it makes no sense. But the way the director, the person who directed it also wrote it, he's actually incredibly reserved and incredibly respectful of women. To the point that after I auditioned for it, there were a lot of actually named celebrities auditioning for this. So I didn't think I was going to get it. So I went in. I wore what I wanted and I did what I wanted because in my head, they're not going to give it to me. They're going to give it to that girl that I see on television every day. They're going to give it to that other one that was just in a major film. And I'm like, why the hell are you here? This is an independent, but it's a feature film. And the role I had, the, I was third lead. Yeah. So, but they were there and I was like, all right. So no offense. When I got the call back, I was like, okay, cool. 
And then the th- women that I'm like, well, they're going to get it. They were also in the callback. I'm like, what do they And I said, F it. I'm trying to curve my enthusiasm because I know it's your podcast. Um, so I said, F it. And I went in and I just did what I, I don't remember what I did in the first one, but I did my thing again. And I remember, I think the producer was there and the director was in the room, but I wasn't paying attention to them. I was paying attention to the casting director and my reader. And I just was in the zone and I don't know what it was, but they were laughing and I'm like, well, it's a thriller. That could be good. So <laughs> I just said, okay, thanks everybody. Yeah. Have a great day. <laughs> oh no. Cast me in book your that, comedy. <laughs> yeah. Book that girl that we see on TV every week. Hey. And then uh, I think a week later, not even a week later or two weeks later, I forgot they booked me. They said you booked, the, and I was like, Ma? "Really?" And then when uh, when I got to set, we didn't even have a table read, which I'm used to when you book a, a film or a, or even TV. When I do a, a guest guest star, or some well, I didn't do it for Outpost either. They just flew me out there. For this, I thought we would have a table read, and we didn't. We just went straight to uh, getting uh, fitted, and then straight into shooting. And then uh, I asked the director, I know I'm going away from what you asked, but I asked the director and the producer, or actually the producer came to me. He goes, we're so excited to have you. We knew from the moment you walked in the room and you sat there and you did something. We're like, oh, that's Mackenzie. And I looked at him like, what do you mean? It's like, Mackenzie doesn't give a shit. And the way you said this one word, I think if you remember the movie, I said, I'm a deviant or something. And my reaction to it, the director was like, that's exactly how Mackenzie would react. So I guess nobody else did or reacted the way I did. And that's what they liked. And so that, you know, I have an an agent, but that audition came from my manager because they know me. They know what I can and cannot do. And they just didn't want me to pass up on an opportunity, even though they know that I don't do nudity. So when I met with the director before shooting, he actually wanted to take it out because he didn't feel comfortable. He's very respectful of women. He's a sweetheart. And he said, you can wear your bra if you want to and stuff. And I looked at him and I said, let me ask you something. When you make love to a woman and you had a good time, do you guys wake up with your clothes on or off? Especially just your bra. (laughs) And that is something that has always bothered me in movies when people either go to bed with like full on pajamas. Yeah. Or yeah. wake up with all their stuff on. And you're like, look, if you're expecting sexy time, you are not going to bed in the flannel. But that's what I'm saying. And so, because he was so concerned, because he's like, I don't want that to be the focus of my movie. And I told him, I said, are you shooting it the way you wrote it? I said, okay, so the camera is never going to be on me. It's going to be, I'm not going to see, a lot of people haven't seen the movie. Just go see it, all right? If anything, yeah. you get my small tatas for, for credit or whatever, for your benefit. A little, um, little, little butt cheek. Oh, that, that was cute. I was like, I've seen Sally's butt now. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what? The the thing that, you know, when because he was screened, obviously, and I was at the screen, nobody commented, Oh, I saw you partially naked. Because the moment wasn't about that. The moment it was actually endearing. Somebody told me that was actually so freaking cute. And it's totally what a girl does. She gets up and it's all cute, try on somebody's clothes because they're already picking out the fucking curtains and everything. 
And so, but it's true though. And my thing for me is if I'm going to do something, I want it done right. And so to be true to her character, I said, don't worry about it. I'll, you know, like I said, I've known my mother for 30 something years. If she wants to disown me now, <laughs> you know, um, that was Has the your mother seen it yet? No, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm very curious the reaction. But here's the thing, though. I actually, I told my sisters about it. None of my family members know that the partial nudity um, because I grew up very old-fashioned. I am that old-fashioned Caribbean Latina Latin family where it's very respectful. You don't start dating until you're a certain age. You don't wear makeup until you're a certain age. I just, I'm very much from that old culture. So, but at the same time, I'm in Hollywood. I think that for what I've done and not done, I've done pretty well. I built a good resume to where this is not what's going to get me a freaking Oscar. If it does, that'd be great. But you know, guys, you guys know what I mean. It's not what got the attention for me. It was not this movie. And the way it was done was so tastefully done that nobody talks about that two seconds. Everybody talks about the craziness of the movie. So... It ended up, you know, and it came out beautiful. I love it. Every time I look at it, I don't look at, oh, look, I'm half naked for like two seconds. I look at it as, there she goes being fucking nosy Mackenzie again. Yeah. You know? And so, and I think, and that's to me, that's, I was able to embody everything about her to where the director gave me free reigns with her. Yeah. Which was the best part. Thank you. Which was the best part is that I get to be so many things. I get to play the best friend. I get to protect my best friend. I get to be foul mouth. I get to be loose. I get to let you know, this is what I want. And I'm going to get it whether you want to give it to me or not. It was fun. (laughs) Playing Mackenzie was so much fun. You guys, I can't even, everybody was like, she gets to have all the fun. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) she was definitely super fun. So Right. I, and I will say the only reason I had the thought of like, I've seen Donnelly's butt now is just because I've met you. If it was anybody else, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I would not have thought about it. <laughs> right. But it's because it's me. So anybody who, and this is the funny thing. I think when people see this movie, they're going to be like, what the hell was she talking about? What? Because it goes by so it goes fast. By fast. Right. And it's, it's really about the story about her relationship with her best friend and, and just the contents of it where there's, it's a very thin line between reality and fantasy. That's the cool part about this movie. This is what I loved about it. It's a very thin line. Thank you. This is why it freaks people out so much. This is why it creeps them out. And I always said, listen, if I'm going to be part of a thriller, if I'm not the person that lives, I want to be the person that dies the worst. But no, but you know what? That's it. So for me, it's like I it, to be a part of a movie like this. To be really honest with you guys, was incredible because he touched on so many true points. And then the fact that it is a thriller, and I don't even want to call it sci-fi. I think I want to call it fantasy. But I guess because of the computer elements and the scientific parts, yeah. that's what makes a sci-fi. But it's such a thin line between reality and fantasy. And I think that that is what people are loving and not expecting they're not expecting that you know there's a lot of truth in what they brought up in this movie um and so it's a lot of fun to read your reviews it's a lot of fun like i can't i want to hear what you guys are thinking i want to like you can i'll answer any questions but you see what happens when you ask me i take you in a tantrum so i'm going to stop right now (laughs) and then you can ask me no, but you can, I want to answer specific questions for you guys, not just ramble on because you give me the mic and you guys will be here at 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, 
Girl, but we no, wouldn't so. be here if we didn't love your stories. Come on now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but for the audience, I know the audience, they, you know, they're like, why are they keep, well, she keeps going on a tantrum, just answer the freaking question. Um, so no, it is very, it's, it's, I think it's what, it's the charm. I think it's what makes this movie work is the fact that there's a lot of historical and realistic points that are driven home that to me is, makes it so original. There is no other movie like this out there. I don't think there is. Um, the storyline, the plot of it, um, unless I haven't watched enough movies, um, the only thing it makes me remind, it reminds me of is Johnny Mnemonic. It kind of oh, has, one. right? Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. And the only reason why I think of Johnny Mnemonic is because of the uploading factor. Um, but which, by the way, you guys, there's none of that going on here. But if we were talking about fantastical fantasy, it's also a little bit Johnny Mnemonic. What do you guys think? I think that you're just saying Johnny Mnemonic because it has Keanu Reeves in it. Oh, well, <laughs> good point. Good point. Which, by the way, he's dating somebody. Heartbreak. Oh, I'm um, sorry. Oh no, but but you know what? I love though. I'm so happy. He deserves to be happy. He deserves. He to be deserves. Happy. He deserves to have a woman who doesn't want to share the spotlight with him. That's what I was gonna say. Who just wants him? Exactly. So to be really honest with you, I am so happy for him. If anybody deserves a good partner, it's him. He gives, he loves, and he doesn't, from what I've seen and what I've heard about him, he doesn't really, he's not a taker, he's a giver. So I'm happy to see that he's with another artist who will understand his work and his artistic personality and that side of him, but also who is not craving the craziness that a lot of female actresses crave for. I'm a hobbit, so I don't, don't throw me in that mix. Um, like I hide in my hole, I only come out when I need to, and the rest of the time, leave me at home. <laughs> Fine, let me go in the woods, you know, have my adventures. Let me go dance <laughs> naked on the pale moonlight, then leave me the hell alone, going back into my hole. But um, no, I'm so happy for him. And she's age appropriate, go Keanu! Yes, <laughs> that's a big one, being age appropriate. Heck yeah. Oh my God. You know, so much yeah. respect for that. So yeah. much. But anyways, that was not the question. Um, <laughs> see, I told you, tantrums. I told you. That one was um, my fault. I, I, I take the blame <laughs> on that one. <laughs> um, but no, what I was saying, Kelsey, because I know you got a little bit distracted, was that I don't think, I think that this is a very much an original movie. Yeah. Um, I don't think, even though it has scientific things in it, and fantasy things in it, the way the story is being told, the topics that are chosen, the way it was weaved, the director did an amazing job, amazing job also as a writer in making sure that nobody can say, well, it kind of reminds me of this, but they can never say, oh, that's just like that movie. You can't. Right. I was going to say it has like different themes and elements that yeah. you recognize, but yes. the way they are brought together in the end is what makes you go, fuck, that's creepy. <laughs> Um, yeah no it's great I mean you have all kinds of you know with the sci-fi stuff you also have the they talk about the Mandela effect which I am absolutely Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. Berenstein Bears thing is Mm -hmm. true and there was definitely there was definitely a movie where Shaq played a genie I remember that (laughs) (laughs) so I am definitely from that other reality that got merged Uh with this one (laughs) I'm I'm in the reality that I thought Mandela died Okay, I was yeah. that person that thought for the longest time 
before they announced that Nelson Mandela finally died, I thought that he had already died. I could have sworn up and down that I saw the news, that I saw people in torment, in turmoil, that it was such a great loss almost 20 years before he died. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I totally buy into the, the Mandela so, thing. So, in my head, out. it just means that I'm married to Chris Evans in some other universe. So, <laughs> I'm totally on board. <laughs> oh, in my in my head, in my oh, honey, I'm not even gonna tell you what's in my head. Nobody's gonna want to work with me anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm just yes, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> yeah, because I have both Kate Beckinsale and Jason Statham in my alt universe. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> uh -huh. Girl, I'm like, listen, I am not L LGBTQ. I am not. I am definitely, I am a squirrel. I can't wait to find my tree, crawl up on it, and make my nest. Um, but there's some actresses. my water there's, out. <laughs> there's some actresses that make me want to go, things that make you go, hmm. uh -huh. That's my Kate Beckinsale. For sure. But you see what I mean? I'm just like, you girls are making it hard for me. I like my fucking tree, but you're making it hard. Hey, you're making it hard. It's okay to like trees and occasionally <laughs> a few other things in nature. You know, I will photo I'll just tell people this. I will keep on admiring women. I'm a woman and I tell you something. There were times growing up that I hated being a woman, but now as a woman and I and happy in my skin, I would never want to be a man. I find being a woman glorious and empowering and beautiful. And anybody that makes a woman feel lesser than what she is, they're cowards and they're just scared little boys. And I'm sorry that maybe you didn't suck your, t your mama's tit long enough or maybe you never had that chance, but I'm sorry that you think women are lesser than you are and that you don't see how amazing it is to have a strong, wonderful woman in your life. That's all I'm going to say about that. Moving back to variants. Um, Can I just yes. in, in interject really quick? <laughs> Please go. That for the Strike Back podcast, I got to interview Ivana Milicevic from Banshee. Ooh. And I was like, Ooh, yes! And she's like, she. I made a comment about the person, that, the guy they cast as her son being way too old. And she was like, I'm almost 50. And I was like, what the fuck? Fuck, kind of magic like <laughs> sexy goddess dropped on you uh -huh. i know I'm, I'm i'm telling you but anyways yeah that was a that was a, a little bit of a blood rush for me but yeah, yeah. okay so variant yeah. is great yes. so <laughs> well that honestly that really just makes me think of how you were complimenting your is it uh was it tony leach is that the one we we're talking about tony leach. yes my director mm -hmm. and beautiful to hear that he has such, um, and I hate to say, not unusual respect for women, for the yeah. industry, generally speaking. Yeah. And, and you being able to be your natural self and mm -hmm. even talk him back into his original way of shooting, it's, yeah. just really, it's really beautiful that he has such an open mind and heart to be able to work oh, yeah. with you in that manner. It's so, not only his open-minded heart, he's, he's respect for us as actresses and as women, um, he is definitely a director that if he says, hey, I'm doing this, I, I don't even give a shit how much it pays, what it is, I want to be a part of it. Because he allowed me to be me. He allowed me, he trusted me to bring Mackenzie to life. And as an actor, that is the highest honor you can give. 
because not only are you, t are you giving me that gift to bring your story to life, but you're also validating me. And for me, as a woman, as a minority, and as an actor, that means the world. Because not once did they say, hmm, let's straighten her hair out. You know, they had to pin my hair back for some scenes. But never once did they say, let's, let's tone that down. I'm the one that for certain scenes said, you know what, Tony, I want to wash my hair on this one. It'll go better with the outfit. Now I can put it up in a bun. I can do crazy leave it here when I'm not wearing makeup, when I'm not at the museum, or we're not, when Mackenzie doesn't have to be fabulous. They gave me so much free reign, but you guys saw Mackenzie. Everybody so far has told me how much they love Mackenzie. And that's because my director, who is also the writer, respected me enough and even with Ashlyn he allowed us to bring to he trusted us where we were like um well, Ashlyn and I at one point we're like dude are we doing something wrong he's not saying anything he's not telling us what to do so we're like hold on a second come on I said hey Tony so um are we giving you what you need do you need us to do anything else he, he looked at it like you guys are great. No, you guys are doing exactly what I need you to do. That's if awesome. I need you to do something else, I'll let you know. So Ashley and I were like, so you like what we're doing? He's like, yeah. And we looked at each other and like, okay, let's okay. go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and you guys saw, it's like, and by the way, our chemistry was real. We're still friends. We still talk. I went to her baby's first, you know, one year birthday, brought her a little thing, got all dressed up for her and everything. So the chemistry with us and i also compliment that to tony by casting us the way he did it just worked yeah you know and so i think hollywood is is sorely lacking more directors like him and i wish that he did more and was more widely recognized because not only is his content original but the way, you know, his fairness that I felt on set from him yeah. was incredible. Did he also write the movie? Yes. Yeah. He wrote so it. I will say one of the things that I loved about it, and I don't know if, if, if this was talked about, but the creepy stalker guy kind of like way we look at that, that's been done, right? Mm hmm he, so Ash's character at the beginning feels flat. She's sort of almost like a little bit of a blank slate, especially compared when she's next to McKenzie, who's so vibrant and whatever. She yeah. feels, and, and through the movie and, and what you, you know, sort of like in the end realize is she's kind of playing what a stalker guy wants his girl to be. He mm -hmm. wants to make her whatever it is he wants to make her right mm -hmm. and i thought though and and so as she sort of comes into her own you know during mm -hmm. the movie but i thought that was so interesting this ability to find that thing that the the viewpoint like there's that netflix series you or whatever that yes, i won't watch it. oh uh, uh. <laughs> so i tried to listen to the the audiobook like way before there was a series and it creeped me out because it was so, it yeah. felt so realistic and disgusting mm -hmm. the way that this guy thinks mm -hmm. but you sort of got the opposite of that in the way that you saw what he thinks but like through her as opposed to his thoughts 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was it, the way he captured it. I, I don't know. Does that make sense? Or um, am I just rambling? No, no, no. It, it absolutely makes sense. And that's another thing that I love because if, for example, if you don't really sit there and pay attention to the movie, if you don't really understand, I think people don't understand. They are so lost. And that's why I tell people, if you're going to watch this movie, you have to be very careful because if you take your eyes away for just a second, you're going to miss an intricate part. Everything there's a message in everything the way everything is being said and done there's a reason for it you need to pay attention to it and the way it's very conf- it's very easy to think a lot of things like anyone who is has a is a, has a quick temper a quick trigger will be like oh my god he's making her a complete victim she's just so this and she's just the prey and that's how a man would want a woman to be and she's being victimized not understanding that He's getting somewhere. Give him a chance. He's weaving something. At the end of the movie, you see how powerful that mm-hmm. character really is. Again, coming from Tony, who respects and who respects women and writes them beautifully, I think, you know, and I know that I, if I'm correct, a lot of a few of the characters are made uh, are are uh, how do you say are real people. Mm that influence these characters okay um to be able to tell this story to be able to make this movie she had to be written that way you had to see the parallel between aria's character and the entire world and i can't say too much because as you know if i tell you more i'm going to reveal the whole plot yeah but in order for the movie to work the way it did and for the ending to work the way the ending worked she had to be written that way yeah and so well, it, and it is it's a it's really brilliantly done yeah it, it builds yeah. in a, a really unique way yes yes and i think it you know when people finally realize what's happening at the end they go back and that's why a lot of people watch it two to three times mm. because after they watch it the first time they're like no, no no wait a minute i missed a lot i gotta go back and i gotta <laughs> see and they go okay so now that makes sense and now that makes sense and now that makes i've watched the movie five times and i'm in it just to pick at the things <laughs> yeah, that I missed. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, but that's the brilliance of it. You know, that you have this movie, you have this, this obsessed person who wants this perfect life, wants the perfect mate, because he's a fucking psychopath, <laughs> you know? And, and then to have the reveal at the end the way it was, even shooting that final scene, everybody on set, when they were done, everybody's like, Woo! Yes! <laughs> Woo! Oh, yeah. Because it was so stressful the entire time until that final scene. Yeah. So everybody, the crew, the actors, everybody yeah. was like, Woo! Yeah! <laughs> that True makes story. so much sense to me. True story, you guys. But again, that speaks to the brilliance of his writing, the brilliance of his, you know? And like, again, like I said, I would love to work. If he does more things, I would love to, because you guys, I don't know if you guys did your research on him. He's the creator, he's the director and writer of Hoodwinked. Oh, no, I didn't know that. I... Oh, yes, he is. Wow, okay. So here we go, this really sweet guy. Yeah. Who was a director and writer in a Pixar movie. Yeah. From his mind comes this shit, yeah. <laughs> this crazy, psychotic, you know, 
see people, see boys and girls, what yeah. lesson are we learning? The quiet ones. Don't miss crazy. <laughs> don't pick on the quiet ones. Um, but yeah, but out of his of that mind that created Hoodwinks, he created variants. Um, yeah. yeah. That scene, I have to tell you, now that I know and care about you, that scene is very hard for me to watch. Like yeah. on an interpersonal level. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, that's why my mother can't watch it. Oh. My mother, um, she cannot watch I I don't want her watching the movie at all. If the rest of my family watches it, if they wanna be a pain in the butt because of that one scene, I don't give a rat's ass. I'm I'm old enough and you don't pay my fucking bills. So whatever. And you um, know full well that that was artistically beautifully exactly. done. Exactly. It's like so. it's, thank you. Thank you. I'm like, if anything, you're going to be mad that she's brown nosing. Like she's being a nosy little brat instead of, you know what I mean? That's what people are like, look at her not minding her own business. I'm like, that's right. That is not what brown nosing means. Like, <laughs> not brown nosing. I'm sorry. Not brown nosing. Brown nosing is, 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 no, I'm sorry. Um, stick, um, what is being, that nosy. Word, being nosy. Being nosy. <laughs> Listen, it's not my fault you Americans use the same yeah, I know. stuff I know. for everything, okay? Yeah. No, but, I know um, English yeah, is so, so annoying. So no, but she uh, and that's the thing. It's like she's being so adorable. She's being what normal women do in her position. But nobody paid attention to my 1.2 seconds of, geez, I thought she was bigger up there. You know what I mean? Nobody cares. Um, it's like you have 12 year olds with bigger tatas than I do. Whatever, get over it. Um, <laughs> but my mother is not. A, I don't want my mother to watch it. And here's why: when I did CSI Miami. Even though you saw me on that episode alive more than everyone else, I still died. My mother still has nightmares of Aww. that of me getting stabbed. Aww. Could you imagine if my mother watched this movie? No, she's not allowed. So I told my brothers and sisters, whatever you do, do not let mom watch this movie. Because it's a thriller. And a lot of people die in this movie and they don't die very well. Yeah. So I don't need my mother having nightmares and then still questioning my choice in life or career. <laughs> right? she's, a very she's very sensitive. I don't, um, I think that she would enjoy everything else, but there's a lot of violence in this movie that I don't think that my little fragile mama needs to watch. There's other things that I'm going to do in the future and other things like she watched Dahlia's you know, but I'm the one who did the, I mean, not Dahlia's, that one too, she watched it, but in Mamba, I killed everybody, so mm -hmm. she was fine with it. Um, she questioned my nun outfit, but you guys know that's a different story. Um, <laughs> I'm now picturing back to, that. Back, back, back to Variant. Yes, no, my mother is not allowed to watch it. Um, and I think, to be honest with you, even the director and everybody was like, we're upset about that scene. But in order to hit home what Arya had to do, in order to hit home the kind of obsessed person this man is, yeah. the best friend that has protected her and has been there for her, um, everybody in this movie suffers. There is not one person in this movie that is safe, including Arya. Yeah. So yeah, but I was we'll yelling at my screen when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? You know, when people uh, are scared. Well, <laughs> Yeah, when people are scared, you don't know how they react. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I think that Mackenzie stood her ground in the entire film. I, she protected her best friend, which is what a best friend does. Um, and when she had a way out, the humanity in her 
ran back in to save her friend. Everybody and should be so fortunate to have a friend like Mackenzie. Yeah. Honestly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I was thinking that watching the movie, like the way she believed her friend and the like, okay, let's go. Like, that's it. We're just going, you know, like was just, yeah. Like, why do you, don't even have to ask. You're staying at my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, and that's the thing. That's what I'm saying that this movie, what I think people are enjoying about it is one, it's well done. It's, oh, well it's super well done. It does not yeah. feel, I love indie movies. It does not feel like an indie though. Like it yeah. is, it's, it's sharp. It's real sharp. Yeah. Well, that's, that's my other thing. It's like, listen, <laughs> I feel like I won the lottery because, and also because you guys have seen most of my stuff. You've seen my reels. Yeah. I've never played a character like this. Yeah. I'm always the boss lady. I'm always the sexy kitten. Yeah. I mean, granted, Mackenzie's sexy, but you guys know what I mean. Yeah. Right. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Fine. Well, maybe not that part. But, you know, like, I've never played this genre before. And I wasn't wearing crazy makeup. I wasn't, yeah. like, an outpost. You could actually see me. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Literally, yeah. and except for the times when you're going out, you don't even yeah. look like you're wearing makeup at all. I'm like, barely. It's literally, you could have taken a napkin going like this and I'm not, not wearing anything. And I loved yeah. it because, to be honest with you, I feel like I look, I look better without makeup. Um, I'm a big fan of the natural beauty myself. And mm. I have to agree with your statement <laughs> that you look <laughs> Thank you. Um, and it even registers on film. I did a project a few years ago and they did the natural look. The director shows up and goes, what the hell did you take that off? I was the, even the extras had makeup and everything on. They made me take everything off. That, that's the first time I've ever done a project that I had not a stitch of makeup except for the nightclub scene. And all I had on was mascara and lipstick. There was no foundation. There was no blush. There was nothing. The director wanted nothing. And I still ended up looking like, which it was awesome. And so with Tony, like I said, it's part of that realness in the movie. Yeah. And that's, you know, the equipment was high quality. Everything was big feature film quality. So, you know, that's the amazing thing of it. It took, it took him over a year, almost two years, just with the visuals. That's how, wow. yeah, that's because Tony is a perfectionist and he wanted it to look like you put in, um, you know, millions of dollars in it. Yeah. It and did. I mean, yeah, he did all that, by the way, he did all that. When Ari is like trying to open the door, and you, yeah. you're right about having to pay attention. You cannot check a text message exactly. while you're watching this movie. Exactly. And trying to open the door, and I'm sitting there thinking, how is it possible that she can't find the right key to her front door? Like, what, what am mm -hmm. I supposed to be recognizing? <laughs> that, like, first it's green, and then it's blue. And you uh -huh. see this itty-bitty baby glitch on the screen. And you're like, uh -huh. what am I uh -huh. find out what's happening? <laughs> Ex exactly. But you know who did that? He did it himself. As we, were as we were shooting the movie, he had an editor there and he picked his favorite scenes and the editor was cutting, cutting, cutting. So by the time we were done filming, the movie was pretty much cut together, roughly, but it was cut together. And Tony and maybe someone else, I think, but 90%, 90, pretty much 98% of this movie is Tony. He did this. That's amazing. He, did, he took his time. He could have hired professionals, but he wrote it. It's his child, yeah, it's and his he wanted baby. to yeah. it, he wanted to make sure that what he had in his mind was translated on screen. So he had control of it a hundred percent, and look how amazing it came out. Yeah, 
Um, and so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He drops a lot of nuggets. He drops, that's why I tell people, this is a smart film. This is not a film that you sit back and just scream and just yell and whatever and talk to your friend next to you. you it's a smart film. You have yeah. to pay attention. And there's a lot of holy shit moments. And at the end, there's a holy fucking shit moment. Mm. Um, and then you're like, okay, okay, wait a minute. That was great. I need to watch it again because I, now that I understand what happened, I have to go back. And uh, I, I was like, to... when's the next one? Because <laughs> there's obviously got to be a next one. I can feel that this could absolutely be a series of a couple more movies like i, tell him I, like that. I want tell another chapter we I, will so. we're, we're telling <laughs> you and you tell him that <laughs> no but we're gonna tag him as well don't worry oh yeah please tag him on everything please um it's it's a labor of love he's done bigger projects where it was other people's money and big studios but this is him this is all tony leach you guys a hundred percent this is tony leach and that man deserves the credit where credit is due Absolutely. Absolutely. I would work with him in a heartbeat again, because I trust his writing. I trust his vision. I trust, you know, and he respects me enough that if I'm uncomfortable with something, we can figure a better way to do what needs to be done. Yeah. hundred percent. That's cool to be able to have that synergy with, with yeah. working with like that. Yeah. yeah. There's not, yeah. there's, I, I, I don't, I've never, worked with a director that trusted me that much every other director always directs me tells me what they want where to look what to do da 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 da, da line by line <laughs> you know um yeah i don't remember i mean of course i'm the i bring the characters to life but he's the only director uh, you know that lets me do what i want which is yeah, why i love direct that you know it sounds like the benefit of getting somebody who naturally is performing the way you want a character to act like like the example yeah. you told us a little earlier with you saying that word just the right way he was like that <laughs> is naturally Mackenzie and that's and that worked so so well for the film like applaud. Yeah. thank yeah. you yeah it was fun she was she was fun you know no it's, it's like giving Goldilocks who's been stuck in her tower all that time and then you let her loose that's what this film was like for me <laughs> well, you deserve it. You deserve it. So we want to ask about another Please. film. Yes. Uh, we want to ask about Mamba and if it is oh, getting yeah. any traction because you know we are big fans and Thank you have you. won like a million awards. And we talked to you <laughs> Nineteen. Last. Right. Yeah. Oh Nineteen total. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, to be it's she's finally done doing the festival circuit. I've already I've I went ahead and I made pitch packets for her. Um, I have a television series packet and I have a feature film packet. It would be three movies if I get my say so. And the television series, I've already worked out the three seasons. Um, of course, the freaky pandemic hits. <laughs> so there was a studio interested. So I have to follow up with my manager and see what's going on. Um, my management team is trying to get me in the door to see who would help, who is going to help me get this done. Um, especially now. Um, so because of the pandemic, everything has been halted. I haven't heard or spoken to my manager because obviously there's more important things going on than this. But now that things are kind of going back to normal, I'm getting antsy and I want to get back into, you know, Callie's yeah. character because I wrote that yeah. for me, you know, and that is my vehicle. And, 
everybody that has seen the short, they just want to see more. So I really believe that I have something that people will enjoy, men, women, children. I believe that that character is a role model, even though she's a... Nah, listen. Maybe not children. (laughs) Listen. Listen. Teenagers and under, obviously not. Okay. But, But here's the thing. You only saw 12 minutes of it. Yeah. You haven't seen her upbringing, where she came from. Right, right. You haven't seen what she has dealt with to be where she's at. You don't know why she's angry. Yeah. Once I'm able to show the world why, how she got to where she is, everything will make sense. Yeah. So I don't condone violence. I don't condone revenge. What I do love about Callie is her journey, is what she's overcome to get to where she is and because I play her and I am her there's I'm not going to tell anybody but there's a lot of her in me and a lot of the things that I wrote in the movie or pilot um comes from my life yeah so I won't ever tell what is real what's not that's the beauty of it Okay. Roll the dice. Was this scene from her real life or was <laughs> that, that like, like two truths or a lie or whatever? <laughs> much. So I'm not going to tell you, but I think that's what makes it even more interesting is because I am bringing a hundred percent of me into this character and people have received her so well. When I did the movie, my, the first one I, I brought this character to life was Dahlia's. And it was again, same scenario, orphanage, da da da. The girl was from the orphanage that in the movie Dahlia's she's with I have been, I've been asked to do something with that. I said, you don't understand. If my show or my movies get picked up, that's coming with because it's part of Callie's journey. So I have so much to tell. And if somebody, a platform, a network, lets me tell it properly, I know I have minimum three seasons that people are going to be going what the fuck to the entire time. I love, you guys know me. I love action. Yeah. I love thrillers. And I've been watching TV since I was a child. So I know what I love. So I'm approaching this, what does Sonali want to watch on film? Because I'm a violent little monkey. Yes, I call myself little monkey because I love to climb and I love to whatever. Um, and I'm from an island, so whatever. <laughs> Besides the point, I call myself an angry little monkey. Um, because there's a lot of injustice in the world. There's a lot of things that are overlooked. There's a lot of corruption So I'm not creating or inventing anything new, but I am telling stories from my point of view. And there's a lot of reality in Callie's story. And I'm excited and I can't wait, but for right now, the pandemic and everything else, it's been halted because there's no business being done. So once um, people start coming back, then I can sit down with my management team and figure out what is our next approach is it easier to make the movies and just make three movies or is it better to do a series so that I can go back to the beginning and people can grow with her and see and be angry with her, whether they take her side or not, it doesn't matter. Somebody's going to be loved. Somebody's going to be hated. And the bad guy, we're talking about police corruption, government, including family members, nobody's safe. (laughs) Nobody. Um, there's a bad guy hiding in every corner of everybody's life. It's not just the police. It's not just the government. It's not just officials. It comes people. There's a villain in your family. There's a villain in the person in the bodega next door. There's a villain everywhere. The same way that there's a hero everywhere in every situation. So that's what my series is going to encompass a lot. And it's going to have the action the boys love. And some women, 
and it's incredibly empowering, I think. Actually, excuse me, it's just incredibly empowering. That's it. <laughs> there you go, own it. That's it. <laughs> so is that something that you're still able to work on? Obviously you said pandemic, everything shut down, business is really happening, generally speaking. So how, how are you working on Mamba? What are you working on in the meantime? Uh, um, I've done so much preparation work. I've already written the pilot. If Mamba is going to go the series route, I already have the, I was going to, if I, if I go the movie route is going to be, we're going to start in the middle. We're going to start in the middle, then we're going to end. And then the, we're going to go back to the original, unless people want to see the original, the first movie before we go to the end. So it really depends on the kind of money that I get to make it who I'm producing it with and what the public wants to see. I think the public wants to see mayhem from the very beginning, <laughs> things going to hell, <laughs> people dying and this angry woman with her team causing hell. And then they start understanding what's going on. And maybe after they see the first film, maybe we'll decide, okay, let's show them why she's angry. Let's show them why she's wreaking havoc or let's end the bad guy and his organization first. And then let's take it back. I don't yeah. know, but that's the movie. The, the uh, series route, it's definitely going to start with the roof is on fire. It's, gonna, it's chaos from the moment the first word hits the page. And then I'm taking you back so you understand how she got there. And then the first, um, the first um, season, it's about this person that you see in the very beginning. Nobody knows who she is, where she came from. And she dies in the beginning. Let's okay. see where she came from. Let's figure out what happened to her. And then there's a surprise at the end of the first season. Hopefully the she's not dead. <laughs> I don't know yet. I haven't figured it out. And in the second season, everybody that you saw in the first season uh -huh. to understand who she is and where she came from, all those people in the first season, one by one, they're going to be taken care of in the second season. And then the third season, as I have it planned, is taking care of the people who put her in that predicament. Oh, okay. Interesting. I already have, so that's, if you want to know, what, this. I, wanna know yeah. what I've been doing. Do both. Let's do both, please. I well, want both, but who's going to give me the money? Who's going to, who's going to go, here you go. Do what you want with it. At least you have the options. So whatever unfolds yeah. in the future, whatever comes forward that feels right to you, you have the ability to go mm -hmm. two different ways. Yes. And normally I want to start from the beginning. I want chronological order, but mm -hmm. sometimes that's not right for the story. Like if I knew what what creeper dude was doing in the beginning of this <laughs> story would not have been the same so i had exactly. to find out at the end so exactly you know sometimes exactly you do what's best for the story right for the story and for the characters and that's why i believe with callie's character you have to see she's not a mess at all you have to see her destroy in order for you to understand her anger because once you see where she came from, you're going to be like, okay. But you have to see her wrath before you understand her journey. Is she called Callie because yes. of, okay. Uh, as soon of, as because of that, I was like. Because oh. of Kali Ma. Yeah. Because of destruction and protector of, yeah. the, of, the, of women and children. She's nice. a destroyer, but also the creator so it's not it's a moment you're having a moment i the love moment. that i'm understanding that's where you're coming from though yeah <laughs> but that's but when you see the series you she encompasses all of that but in the beginning you're just going to see her wrath you have to destroy in order to rebuild Come on, you Netflix. have to <laughs> 
But you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. And here's the thing. It's like, at the end of the day, I am a woman. I'm a minority. I'm a woman of color. I created, I brought to life. I am acting that I am Callie. That's, there's no changing. That is not up for discussion. And I do want to direct some of the episodes or direct at least one of the movies. And I am writing. If it's a series, I will, I, I can't do all the work by myself. Right. It's a series is too much. I can't write everything and be the actress. And, but yeah. I do, uh, my goal is I do, I do want to hopefully, if I do get a show, I would love to work with a showrunner that's going, because I've never done, I've never been a showrunner. I don't think anybody's going to trust me to run my own show in the beginning. So I would like, I would love to find a showrunner who's going to work with me and it's not going to try to take the reins and make it their show. Who's going to be like, listen, I see your vision. I trust your vision. I'm just going to sit over here. I'm going to let me know when you need my help. Let's do this together. And if I see you doing something wrong, I'm going to tell you, but let's do this how you, how you want it done. I need somebody like that. And to jump in when they see me sinking. So I would love to, coll- to collaborate with someone like that as a showrunner that's going to be that mentor for me and that's going to say, let's do something great together. Just that's what say, I'm going to say, Adam Barkin from Killjoys is pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, uh, and very beloved by both writer, creator, and actors. As a really? Oh, yeah. You're going to have to that send me a list, a list when we're done. I have a he's, few ideas. He's, he's incredible but... and super nice and um, yeah. Anyways, just saying. I'm on on my second rewatch of Killjoys right now. That show is so dark. You're going to need to uh, text me that because as you know, my brain is all over the place right now. (laughs) Yeah. So text me that because I have a list of people, um, but I honestly, um, I'm open and receptive. Um, I do want to, in the pilot, I do want to direct most, you know, the pilot. Yeah. Um, Because it's, I I want other people to direct it. (laughs) I don't need to be the only, I, I can't, I can't be the actress and also direct everything. I can't do that. Um, there's a lot of, but for, for me, all the work I've done, all the preparation I've put into it, um, I need that. I need to do that. Um, and because I've directed before and I've won awards for directing, so it's not like I, you know, I'm just like, it's not a I vanity wanna, project. It's, it's not a something, vanity project. Yeah. It's something that I worked really hard on and I'm bringing to life. And the pilot, if I do the, the series route, there's so much of my real life in it. Nobody else is going to do it justice like I will. Yeah. Nobody else can tell the actors what to do or how to be or tell them something that yeah. will make them give me what I need. Yeah. Because so much of the pilot is my life. Um, so that's, my demands are not that crazy. <laughs> I just need someone as crazy as me to go, girl, let's go. Let's, let's, let's go make history. Let's go do something fun. Yeah, um, yeah. At least yeah. You, you know what it is that you want and that you need, though. It's not like it's some up in the air thing. It's, a, you've got a plan set yeah. in place for you. Yeah. I'm not a five-year-old, 12-year-old. I'm not even a 20-year-old actress. I'm over 30. <laughs> not you know, that you like, can tell by looking at you. Oh, well, that's the other thing. Could you stop calling? Not you guys. This was me having a conversation <laughs> the other day. This was not the other day. I had a, was having a conversation and this one was like, oh, sweetie. I'm like, I need you to stop that right now. Because, oh, sweetie, went out the window when I was 20 something. I've been married. 
I am divorced. I have been through shit. Do not call me sweetie. That is incredibly You just shit. look like a fucking glowing angel is the problem. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to put it that way. Yeah. I will just say, for if you're listening, that she maybe revealed her actual magic number to us in person and literally I have never looked so much like a fucking cartoon with my mouth like a spoon in the air and my mouth hanging open and going what <laughs> so I'll just say that anyways all right thank you so, thank you so we are almost at the end of our time but we would like okay. to know if you are is there anything in the works for you that we can talk about uh, not right now, because as you guys remember, I got into an accident filming Outpost, and I am, you know, in the the ending of my recovery, so I am now getting back out there. The only thing that I've been working on is getting all these things ready for Mamba so that we can see yeah. she can go to series or movies, and then Variant came out, so I'm so happy because yeah. we worked so hard on Variant, and now we just get to sit back and watch people go, holy shit! Yeah. Um, and have so much fun with it. So right now with the pandemic, there really hasn't been an opportunity for me to do more. Okay. Um, so it's literally waiting. I just put myself on tape for something the other day. So it's, it's back to the grind. I would absolutely love to join another show. I would love to get back out there because I'm ready now. Um, but I'm not going to lie. If somebody goes, well, looks like you're going to be working for yourself because your show got greenlit. I am okay with that too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, right. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Well, we hope thank for more Mamba. Well, thank you so much for spending so much time with us. Are you kidding? Anytime. Thank you for listening to another Binge Junkies podcast. And please join us again next time. 